G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Bill Muhlenberg, welcome along to 2020. Great to be with you. Well, Bill, uh, the uh, Democratic uh, uh, Convention has been on overnight and it's been marked by all sorts of controversies. Uh, There's an email leak uh, that's shown that uh, the uh, campaign directors uh, that are uh, were supposed to be uh, non t- not taking sides have certainly uh, come to the fore with some controversy over some email leaks that have uh, worked against Bernie Sanders. Have you been following that controversy? Well, yes, I have. In fact, I should uh, preface all this by making a few disclaimers. Your your uh, listeners may have a right to know that. Uh, as you can probably tell already, and I guess most would know, I am uh, originally from America, so obviously I have a bit of a, a keen interest in American politics and the upcoming election, so that's, uh, that's something I guess your listeners should be aware of. Um, also, I suppose I should make a few other uh, comments, uh, probably like you and most of your listeners. I do tend to fall on the more conservative side of politics, so that's my bias, I admit. We all have biases, so sometimes admitting them uh, up front is a good thing. And uh, thirdly, uh, my bias is primarily as a Christian. That is, I think, at the end of the day, uh, politics can't save us, only Jesus can. So uh, if I'm certainly skeptical about some of the things happening at the Democratic Convention in Philadelphia as we speak, uh, I have been as well about some of the things that happened in Cleveland last week with the Republicans. So all that said, uh, yes, it's on the first night of the uh, Democrat Convention. And uh, just like last week, a lot of controversy, a lot of uh, uh, well, there's a lot of fighting and division and uh, chaos. Uh, the chairwoman of the party has just well either quit or been given the boot, depending on your point of view. Uh, she tried to speak and was booed. Uh, Bernie Sanders, within an hour or so, will be uh, speaking as well. There's his own delegates who are quite mad that he's... Uh, now supporting his arch-rival Hillary Clinton. So it's all happening at the moment. And uh, if you are uh, interested in politics at all, it certainly makes for riveting uh, watching if you do have some of the cable uh, uh, networks that you can see it all unfolding. Well, Bill, good to be able to get biases out early in a conversation because uh, when you mentioned point number three, uh, Mm. primarily you're talking as a Christian commentator. Mm. And while you admit all of those uh, conservative leanings, as many Christians would do, and if we reflect on our own political leanings here in Australia, they've uh, tended to have a Christian flavour leaning conservative of recent times. But uh, but bringing all of those out, uh, very important. And what it means is uh, very significant for this particular presidential race is that people who've got uh, Christian conservative leanings uh, are tending not to like either side. And and it leaves Christians in a very, very difficult place. And uh, there's an extensive 
uh, Christian population, of course, in the United States, there must be a lot of people who just wonder what's going on and who they can support. Yeah, well, exactly right. And we could easily spend the next half hour just talking about this in in various general and specific terms. Uh, Yes, uh, there are, like myself, millions and millions of Americans who certainly do not like Hillary Clinton at all, the New York liberal. Uh, But sadly, there's many of us, millions, who do not like the other New York liberal, Donald Trump. We have problems with both. Uh, Both are pagans, both are egomaniacs. Both are likely to, uh, you know, talk themselves up at the expense of the nation. Uh, And, of course, I know I've got friends who disagree with me here, so uh, that's fine. But uh, millions of Americans, especially American Christians, are very, well, they're frustrated. They're concerned. You know, we don't really seem to have a real choice here. The uh, so-called conservative party tends to be moving more and more in the leftward direction, but all of this is not too hard to grasp. Uh, we just had an election here in Australia, and many said the same things, right? The choice between Turnbull and Shorten was not exactly something many uh, Christians and many conservatives were really, um, you know, looking forward to. Uh, the Liberal Party is also moving kind of more and more in a leftward direction. So we're getting openly homosexual uh, members elected and so on. So in both cases, those who are Christians and those who are more on the conservative side of things, in both countries it seemed like, wow, we're not really having a decent choice here. And then you really have to ask God, okay, what is the way forward? What is the best thing to do when we seem to have a Sophie's choice or almost a devil's choice as to who we can run with? So it is an issue we all have to think carefully about and certainly prayerfully Uh, especially if you happen to be an American living here and you're still trying to figure out which way to go come November. Well, do we need then, if you're making assessments then, Bill, to take things a little deeper, to uh, take things to the second tier? And as we recognise that uh, while Donald Trump is the Republican candidate, uh, he's chosen a running mate, Mike Pence, uh, who is an evangelical Christian. Uh, And you've got Hillary Clinton uh, as the Democrat candidate, uh, candidate, uh, she's chosen her running mate is Tim Kaine, who is a Catholic Christian. Mm-hmm. So uh, they have obviously tried to to soothe the waters there by making sure that running mates have a strong religious foundations. Yes. Well, a couple of things can be said about the vice presidential candidates. Um, well, uh, one broad thing I would say is I'd be happy to have whether a Catholic or a Hindu or even a a, a pagan. If uh, he was a man of integrity, a man true to his word, a man of solid conservative principles, a man in America who upheld the values of the Constitution, I think I'd rather have a a non-Christian who had all those values than somebody who claims to be a Christian and yet doesn't have any of those values. So in terms of Cain, Clinton's VP choice, he's a very nominal Catholic, obviously, because he's fully pro-abortion. And, you know, uh, as you would expect, Hillary would pick another pro-abort. So even though she may try to woo a few people with a Catholic choice, uh, he's not much of a Catholic in the eyes of real Catholics, certainly because of his strong pro-abortion stance. 
as far as Trump and his pick, well, again, um, he did flip-flop very badly. He caved in, in fact, in Indiana over the um, uh, religious liberty issue. He basically caved in to the homosexual agenda. There have been other areas of flip-flop. So even though, yes, he's certainly far more of a conservative than Trump ever has been, uh, he's had his moments as well. But then the third and final thing I'd say is, of course, neither Kane nor Pence are running for the president. Uh, you know, unless either Hillary dies or Donald Trump dies, if they get elected, their role as a VP is going to be very, very minor indeed. I mean, just look at uh, say Joe Biden today, you know, you know, he comes to Australia and attends a football game. But aside from that, what impact has he had? <laughs> so, in other words, I wouldn't put much of my hope in a particular candidate simply because they have a more or somewhat more conservative uh, vice presidential partner with them. So, for those reasons, uh, I'm not all that. Uh, you know, I'm not going to get too excited. It's it's really the the main front runners, Donald and Hillary, that we have to concentrate on. Well, inviting listeners to join into our conversation, uh, what would you like to contribute? Uh, are you following the U.S. presidential race? What effect do you think that the U.S. president would have on Australia? As uh, our most important ally, uh, you might have an opinion. Our talkback line is open on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. You might like to contribute uh, by way of talking about uh, the religious connections of the front runner candidates of both the Republican Party and also the Democrat Party, and uh, and how you think. Uh, a, a Christian uh, observation of what's going on in the United States might be very important. Let's talk about the Republican Party for uh, a few minutes here, Bill. Uh, the GOP, that's uh, you know, reference to the grand old party, the Republican Party. Yep. Uh, you've been concerned that the, the GOP is in meltdown. Well, it's, uh, like I say, the Democrats right now are having all kinds of divisions and crisis and turmoil. But, uh, of course, anyone watching Cleveland last week would have seen pretty much the same thing. Now, in one sense, that's just politics, of course. There's always chaos and division and heated emotions and so on in any uh, political rally or election. So in one sense, that's, uh, you know, nothing new there. But as I've written in a number of articles already on my website, um, well, we have a number of uh, issues about the GOP and its conference. In fact, I can highlight straight away four of them that took place that, for anybody who is a real solid Christian or conservative, would be very, very concerned about. Uh, of course, the four were these. We had a Muslim, one of a number of Muslims for Trump, actually saying a prayer at the convention. Now, when you have a Muslim praying to Allah, that's not something all Christians would or should be happy with. That's number one. Number two, we had a very strong leading homosexual activist for the first time speaking at the GOP convention with, again, just as the Muslim was cheered, uh, so the homosexual was cheered by much of the crowd. Uh, that's a major shift in the Republican Party. It's a Rubicon they've crossed, it seems, where they used to be strongly pro-family, pro-marriage. Now they're caving in radically, it seems to me, especially when you get a 
pro-homosexual being cheered uh, by the audience, not just a pro-homosexual, he happens to be one. So that was a second thing that concerned many people. Uh, third is simply we had many Democrats speaking at the Republican convention. I mean, I hate to say it, but many of the family members uh, of Trump and Trump himself up until recently are registered Democrats. So here we have Democrats speaking at a Republican convention. Uh, that's a concern. And then finally, many people were quite concerned that uh, when a, a real conservative and Christian did speak and talk about upholding the Constitution and voting by your conscience, which it seems to me is something every conservative would 100% agree with, uh, he was actually booed at the convention. <laughs> so Ted Cruz's... Uh, treatment by at least the Trump camp was, I, I think, pretty appalling, and many of us were absolutely staggered that this could be come this bad as a Republican convention. Of course, four years ago, uh, the Democrats booed God three times, you might remember, in that convention, so this is not quite as bad, but it's pretty bad when so-called conservatives and Republicans boo a guy who simply says, we must stand solidly with the Constitution, and we must vote according to our conscience. I would think there's nothing better a conservative could say, and yet he was booed. So for that and a whole lot of other reasons, there have been plenty of people. In fact, many have been, you know, members of the Republican Party for decades who've resigned. They've handed in their membership. They said, I can no longer support the Republican Party. And they will maybe quote uh, Ronald Reagan in a slightly different context. Uh, Reagan said, I didn't leave the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party left me. <laughs> and that's how many frustrated Republicans are now feeling about their own party. Uh, we'll talk some more about the Republicans and uh, like to be able to hear uh, some more detail on your thoughts about Ted Cruz and his speech. That was very controversial uh, over this past week. Uh, let's take a call, though. We are taking calls. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation today. Bill Muhlenberg is our guest from Culture Watch, as you've heard. Uh, Bill, American-born, follows the U.S. politics very carefully, uh, is a conservative, and as a Christian, he's not happy with either of the presidential candidates. Uh, 1-800-316-316. You might have your own thoughts to share. Let's hear from Chris in Victoria. Hi, Chris. Welcome along to 2020. Uh, good day, Neil. Uh, Bill, yeah, um, just, I mean, you've sort of covered a lot of things that I was going to say, but let's take it to the third tier. I mean, Donald Trump has publicly stated uh, very, you know, categorically that he's a friend of Israel. So I think mm -hmm. that's one thing in his favour. And, and it's noticeable that, like, the Bushes and the other presidents weren't there to support him, which, uh, I mean, they are known to be hand-in-hand -hand with the Saudis, uh, with D Donald Trump's stance against Islam and He's, um, you know, it's obviously looking good for a firm friendship with Israel, that's what I would say. And Hillary Clinton, uh, I mean, Donald Trump, you can say what you like about him, but um, as you know, she's she's absolute new age to the core. I mean, that's what I call a panda bell or Jezadora, you know, because <laughs> you, you'll open a Pandora's box if you let her in, in into the presidency. So Donald at least has a, a running mate, like you said, is evangelical who could whisper in his ear and maybe other evangelical evangelical strong people will, will whisper to him and, you know, things could get better that way. Whereas, you know, like you said, the other guy's a nominal Catholic, so it doesn't look good. Okay, Chris, side. let's get some thoughts. Uh, Bill, your thoughts on what Chris is saying. 
Yeah, oh, look, all fair points indeed from Chris. And, of course, I've heard uh, many others say similar things. Uh, I guess my reply is kind of a yes and no. Uh, sure, if there's secondary and third and fourth order issues where Trump is a bit better, well, that's good. I mean, I'm glad. Uh, mind you, uh, you know, I've, I've, we all know that Hillary tends to bend the truth at will. Uh, many might suggest that Donald does exactly the same thing, that, you know, he'll say anything to get elected. In fact, he has said anything over the years. He's flip-flopped on so many issues. He's been a Democrat for much of his life. He's given uh, financial support to the Democrats and to the Clintons. So the question is, who is the real Donald Trump? Is it the one who, for much of his adult life, has been supporting left-wing causes and democratic causes? Or has he had some dramatic uh, Damascus Road experience? Uh, you know, the question is, why should we believe him now and not everything he's done up until now? But, you know, you can give somebody the benefit of the doubt. And as I just told somebody else, we certainly pray for somebody like Donald Trump. I do just about every day. I'm not sure how many other people do. I pray that they will. Uh, in fact, I have a simple prayer. I pray that they will be improved or removed. I pray that they will become real solid Christians and uh, with solid principles, or that God may take them out of the picture. I do the same for Hillary Clinton, by the way. Uh, you know, I think neither one is a far from uh, ideal choice. Um, I mean, look, the truth is uh, Donald Trump has got so many business dealings with Muslim countries, with Arab leaders, and so on. Uh, you know, how far can we go in really trusting Trump if uh, push comes to shove or if there's a financial uh, clash of interest? How can we be certain that he's going to stand with Israel? So, you know, I'm, uh, you know it's, there's just so much uncertainty here. I just don't think we know how Trump will act in the White House if he gets in. Based on his past record, he could be anywhere. So it's good if he does have some more conservative and Christian advisors. How much you know influence they will have remains to be seen. But in conclusion to this, let me say I just mentioned to one other people, uh, one other person who said the same, you know, why don't we get behind Trump? Why don't we pray for him? Why don't we trust that God can use him? And I replied by saying, well, sure. But if you're a Christian, I would think you'd be praying for both people in this regard. Why don't we get behind Hillary and pray for her and ask that God would save her and use her? The fact that they only seem to want to have God on the side of Trump, but not Hillary, it seems is a bit funny for a Christian. Uh, I think everybody is possibly able to be redeemed and turned around. So in my books, whether it's a corrupt New York liberal like Clinton or a corrupt New York liberal like Trump, uh, sure, we pray for both and uh, hope that both come to know the Lord. That's the most important thing uh, at the end of the day. But so, look, again, there's pros and cons. We can throw it back and forth. There are some areas where Trump seems better, but given his longstanding record in the past, uh, given his, uh, you know, even his speech at the convention was primarily about himself. It certainly wasn't about America and so on. I still have some concerns myself, but as I say, we have to pray like mad, think like mad, and if any of us are Americans, we really have to be careful and ask God, all right, uh, given this choice, and by the way, there are other choices, uh, you know, there's other parties running, other candidates, we can do write-ins, so it's not as if 
we only have these two. The American system is a bit different than the Australian, so we've got to keep that in mind. But given the two that we have, uh, we certainly have to think and pray carefully. Chris from Victoria, thanks for your input. Uh, 1-800-316-316 if you'd like to contribute to our conversation. We are talking about the US presidential race. Shelby in Sunnybank in Queensland is on the line. Hi, Shelby. Welcome along. Uh, yes. Um, how you going, uh, Neil? Um, uh, Mr. Van Buren. Um, I'm just uh, amazed at what you are saying here. Um it is very good, the information that you're passing on. Uh, it's very frightening, <laughs> um, just where the American politics are, mm. um, considering that there's such a leader in the world, um, so-called leader anyway, um, in uh, so many areas. Um, I just, I have one question, but uh, Chris, is, um, what, um, is there, like in Australia, I was just supporting the Christian Democrats, Yep. Uh, for one, and helping also with the uh, rise of Australia, both very Christian-centred yep. um, uh, political parties. What is the uh, process in America? Has there, besides two major parties, because mm-hmm. uh, my viewpoint, I couldn't vote for either of the two major parties because of their um, non-Christian, you know, uh, mm-hmm. views. Um, so, where does it stand in America? Is there Christian parties that are trying to uh, stand up? Um, you know, Shelby, a good question. Let's get some uh, clarification on that sort of thing. Uh, Bill Muhlenberg? Yeah, very good question indeed. And I find many Australians, when they're talking about the U.S. elections, admit that it's a bit of a complex and a puzzling system. And, yeah, hey, I, I even have to agree, for me it is. Uh, you've got so many variables, the electoral college that will come into play in November. That's quite a confusing thing. The primary process, we have open and closed primaries, we have bound delegates, we have uh, uh, so many different things that can take place. Uh, there's various rules within the parties and the conventions, so it can be a, a rather confusing thing. I suppose the main difference to point off straight away is in America, it's basically first past the post, right? Whereas in Australia, with the preferencing system, even though it's been changed somewhat in the Senate, uh, there certainly is a lot more room for, as you say, the smaller Christian parties that perhaps get somebody into uh, the Senate. And uh, it looks like there's even still today, after how many weeks and months, still more, coming more in the together. Senate. But, um, you know, so uh, you do have a chance as a smaller Christian party, at least for one of your folks to get in. In America, it's a bit different. Um so, again, we have the two main parties, Republican-Democrat. There's others, you know, Libertarian Party, Constitutional Party, and so on, and a whole range of others. Of course, they tend to have not as good a chances. As I mentioned, we have what's called the write-in system. If somebody's name is not on the ballot, in most states you can still write somebody's name in. So if you have a candidate who is running, who you know is a good Christian and solid conservative, for example, you can write in his name. And, of course, if enough people did that, there might be a chance of winning. But uh, so it's a different system. I think Australia, in some ways, is better with its political system for the very reason you just gave. There is uh, more of a chance for uh, a Christian in a smaller party to break in. And, And, well, we saw it here in Victoria for a while when we have Steve Fielding with Family First. He actually held the balance of power. So that's different than the American system. 
and I guess I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm not too thrilled about either main choices, so that's why I say it's so much thought and prayer, especially for any Americans tuning in. Uh, which way do we go? And perhaps a bit later in the show we'll talk about the bigger biblical and spiritual picture, and I think that's something we always have to keep in mind as Christians. Thank you to Shelby from Sunnybank. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. In just a couple of minutes, we'll uh, go to our national news and we'll continue our conversation into the next hour. Uh, Just as we lead up to news, though, Bill, uh, the fact that you've got a choice between Republican and Democrat, if you're a Christian, uh, at least that says you don't just sort of bail out on the big two uh, and uh, start your own party. You actually have to get into the real game and battle for policy uh, within those two big parties. Well, that's true both in America and Australia, of course. And there's many, uh, say, liberal party members who happen to be conservatives and Christians who are arguing just that. You know, we need more Christians in the liberal national party. If we want to turn it around, if we're worried about its kind of leftward direction, we need to get more people in. Uh, Same in America. Um, But again, uh, to the extent that in both cases, as I just mentioned, they're both kind of shifting to the left. Well, even here in Australia, as you know, we have people like Corey Bernardi talking about, well, is there a chance and a time for perhaps a new party, a new conservative party? Is that uh, something we should look at more carefully, both in Australia and America? So there's a number of options. If the main two options become less and less viable and less and less uh, something a Christian can countenance, well, then there's other ways to go, politically speaking. Uh, Bill, let's take another call. Let's hear from Godfrey in Mora in WA. Hello, Godfrey. Welcome along. How are you? Good, Godfrey. Um, what are your yeah, thoughts? Um, no, um, in, in, in the word, it says, um, do not worry about the cares of the world, but keep your eyes on God. And God will, will put whoever he reckons in, in the government. It's in the, it's in the word. Okay, let's get uh, some thoughts from Bill Muhlenberg. Well, that's a good basic biblical truth. Of course, it needs to be teased out a little bit more. Uh, And partly it's a theological issue. Depends how you understand God's sovereignty, and are we to take every single thing that happens as fully God's uh, approved will? In other words, in relation to rulers, should we say that Hitler was God's will, or Saddam Hussein, or... Uh, you know, any number of others who may have killed millions of Christians. So uh, in some sense, the biblical data is a a bit more nuanced. Sure, at the end of the day, God is in charge. He is working out his purposes and plans. And uh, so on the one hand, as Scripture says, we pray for our leaders. But on the other hand, that doesn't mean that we just sit back and do nothing, as if it's a kind of fatalism that whatever happens, happens. Uh, just as in our own individual Christian life, God is at work, and yet we're meant to make choices. We say no to sin. We say no to the flesh. We put off the old man. We resist temptation. There's a million things we do as believers. It's a cooperative work with God, in other words, in our Christian life, and I think it's the same on the bigger picture political national level. Uh, I think we were right, for example, as allies in the war to fight against Hitler. 
uh, hardly any Christian just sat back and said, well, God put Hitler there, therefore we just accept it and don't do anything about it. No, there's other biblical principles as well, like justice, for example, and uh, keeping the oppressed from being uh, mistreated, you know, the way the Jews were uh, killed in millions and put in concentration camps. Hardly any Christian said, well, God's on the throne, Uh, God wants Hitler to be there, therefore we just accept it gladly. Well, no, I think... It's it's a little bit more ambiguous. We believe God is working his purposes, but we also believe God wants to stand for what is right in a fallen world. So that may sometimes mean resisting somebody like Hitler. So that's a longer way of putting that. Uh, sure, on the one hand, God is uh, who he says he is. He is the sovereign Lord. But that doesn't mean we don't make choices that have significant outcomes and that uh, God expects to work in and through his people in seeing his will carried out on planet Earth. Thank you to Godfrey from Mora in WA for your input today on 2020. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316 if you'd like to join our conversation. Uh, that's a really important uh, issue to raise uh, Bill Muhlenberg when we talk about the Christian's response because, uh, of course, in the lead-up to the Australian election, there were uh, quite a few people who were uh, commenting even on this program about, uh, you know, well, God's will be done and uh, those who are elected well, they're elected, and really, as Christians, we don't have uh, so much uh, responsibility to worry about that. We leave that worry for God. But the idea of being a Christian, and while we might think that uh, our first priority may be to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature and make disciples, uh, there's also this dimension of resistance of evil, mm-hmm. uh, to resist evil, and uh, the idea that uh, The political arena is one way in which evil is resisted because somebody's morality is being legislated and that's an age-old response now. Uh, Why not your morality being legislated? And that comes through the way we assess the leaders who are leading us. And so today's discussion about leaders of the free world, uh, we might be concerned in Australia about the morality, about the values, about the way that uh, those things are being legislated in the US and and things don't look good Bill Muhlenberg mm. well you've raised a lot of good points there and uh, certainly as Christians above all we should be concerned about the the bigger picture spiritual realities the biblical realities I mean anyone who knows me knows that I think politics is important and I think there's far too many Christians who have you know totally clueless about politics are totally unengaged and I think we're paying the price. We're not being salt and light. We're not being Christians who have a responsibility to be engaging in our culture and our society, even in the political arena. But having said that, of course, those who also know me know that at the end of the day, politics cannot save. Only Jesus can save. Uh, so I do not put all my faith and trust in the next uh, election or the next uh, leader who comes along. Um, I know I'll get uh, perhaps some not happy with me saying this, but I I think I see perhaps too many, especially evangelical Christians, who really seem to think that uh, Trump may almost be a kind of a messiah, somebody who's going to save the day. And, you know, they have so much faith and trust and hope in this one man 
who, by the way, of course, is a pagan. He's not a Christian. He's, uh, you know, on his third wife, strip club owner. You know, all the moral deficiencies that normally a Christian would never approve of. Uh, now we seem to throw that all away and say, oh, but we must have Trump because he's got to save us. Well, sure, politics is important, but at the end of the day, uh, Trump is not going to save us. Ted Cruz is not going to save us. Nobody's going to save us. Only Jesus Christ. Sure, we work as hard as we can to get the best leaders, and we dare not uh, take for granted the, the great freedoms of living in a democracy, having the ability to vote in a democracy are, you know, a change of government. We have a real role to play in deciding who leads us. But at the end of the day, um, if we put too much trust in a man or a party or, uh, you know, uh, well, I just read this morning again in Isaiah 30 and Isaiah 31, very clear, do not put your trust in princes. Do not put your trust in foreign alliances. Do not look to Egypt to rescue you. In fact, God says, woe to you who put this uh, false trust in human rulers, in pagan kings, in foreign nations. That's because you have not put your ultimate trust in me, the God of the heavens, that he sent Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel to warn the people, you've trusted everybody but me, and therefore judgment is coming. So I think that very important spiritual lesson does have to be kept in mind for all of us. Uh, Trump is not the savior. Ted Cruz is not the savior. Anybody, as good as they may be, at the end of the day are only, uh, you know, flawed individuals who may or may not slow down the rot and the decay in society. So, sure, we got to pray like mad for these guys. we got to pray for our government, our leaders. But we dare not fall into idolatry where we really think that one man is somehow going to save the day. I think that's a, kind of a dangerous place to be in. I wonder where that imagery is originating, Bill, when you talk about you know this idea of Donald Trump being a new messiah there to save the day, whether that's being generated by supporters who might be coming from a base where they not necessarily understanding the strength of a comment and alignment like that, or whether it's coming from the public relations machine that might be driving Donald Trump. One might hope that it's not coming from Donald Trump himself. Mm, a bit of each, but I have heard, you know, over the last nine months, countless uh, Trump supporters telling me exactly this. In fact, every day on my website, I deal with comments on this. Just did it again this morning. People saying, oh, but God has raised up a pagan king like Cyrus, and therefore, of course, he's raising up Donald Trump as his anointed one, his person to save the day. They're so sure they seem to have this inside track to what God's perfect will is. Uh, I don't claim to be a prophet. I, you know, I don't have that kind of inside word. Uh, all I can do is look at the candidates, assess the fruit of their lives, what they've done. And as I remind these people, sure, God can use anyone. In a sense, that's not the issue. God obviously used Balaam's ass. So the fact that you know God can use anything or anyone... That's not the real point here. The question is, how is God using somebody? Yes, he did use a pagan king like Cyrus to help uh, bring the Jews back into their homeland and rebuild the temple. But we have many, many more examples of pagan kings also being used by God, but as an instrument of judgment, of a curse 
on uh, his people for sin and disobedience. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar, you think of Assyria, uh, the whole chapter of Isaiah 10 is, uh, well, Assyria is spoken of as God's servant, God's hammer. But is it for blessing? Is it for good? No, it's an instrument of judgment and curse on a rebellious people. So I think we have to be a little bit careful about saying, oh, Trump is God's anointed. He's the next Cyrus. He could be the next Assyrian king, somebody that God is using to judge a wicked people. So we just need to be a bit more careful here. (laughs) I think in some of the things we're saying, uh, we get a little bit carried away, I think, as we hope some man is going to save the day. Uh, Let's continue to take some calls. Gina is in Queensland. Hi, Gina. Welcome along. Are you with us, Gina? Gina, you might like to call us back. 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Ruth in Adelaide. Hi, Ruth. Hello, Neil, and hello, Bill. And, Bill, I couldn't agree more with what you just said. As a Christian, I'm very concerned that so many Christians are being deceived by the Trump campaign. I truly believe that we, you know, the scripture is do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And that's, of course, in Romans 12, 21. You know, really getting behind Trump, I believe, is, is trying to overcome evil with evil. Mm. And I truly believe that that is wrong and that many Christians are being deceived by this. Um, there's a man called Metaxas who has put a lot of, uh, wait behind Trump has the last hope for the U.S. I believe that's an outright right lie. Um, I believe that people should really look into the fact that Trump is more Hitler-like than anyone else that we've seen, that it was unlikely that Hitler would take the power that he did in Germany, but he did, that Bonhoeffer as a Christian opposed that and was martyred, and I believe that we should do the same over this. I do not believe we should... Put a vote behind someone who is so clearly narcissistic, an outright liar. His manager is an outright liar. There are so many things. You know, people should look. There's articles. For instance, his ghostwriter, who who helped to create his image in The Art of the Deal, came out and spoke, I think it was in the, uh, what was the New Yorker? There's an article by, uh, the article was an excellent article by Jane Mayer, who interviewed Tony Schwartz. It's really worth reading. Ruth, let's get some thoughts on those early comments that you were making there. Uh, Your thoughts, Bill? Well, uh, it would be fairly obvious that I fully agree uh, with those remarks. Um, You know, I too have been quite saddened and almost shocked at some of the really fairly careless and uh, it seems undiscerning complete trust and support so many Christians are putting in this man. Again, he's not a Christian at all. He's never been a conservative all his life. He's a lifelong liberal and Democrat supporter. So even from a political point of view, it's it's odd that so many people are putting all their trust and hope in this guy. But let me uh, say that, you know, uh, I'm aware that there's a number of leading Christian figures who have often reluctantly uh, come around to supporting Trump. And, of course, their motivation and their their reasoning, I think, well, I agree with. The whole uh, push for this is we think that Hillary Clinton is uh, bad news. She's uh, uh, She will uh, simply continue what we've had with eight years of Obama. Obama's done a very good job of ruining America. 
the most pro-Islam, pro-abortion, pro-homosexual, anti-Christian president we've ever had. And sure, if Hillary Clinton gets in, it'll be more of the same. So I fully understand the reasons why people are so desperate to run with Trump. I, too, do not want to see Hillary Clinton in. But in this case, as your caller rightly said, it's it's kind of overcoming evil with evil. I, I don't see a whole lot of better coming out of a Trump presidency. In fact, in some ways, it could be worse. He could forever damage the conservative brand. He looks already to have destroyed the Republican Party. Uh, so, you know, I, I absolutely, don't get me wrong, I do not want to see Hillary in the White House, but I'm almost as concerned about what a Trump presidency will be like. It's kind of like telling me, Bill, you have to choose. What are you going to do? It's either arsenic or strychnine. You know, is it lung cancer or bowel cancer? <laughs> in both cases, uh, I'm not really thrilled with the choice, and I'm still praying like mad that God will somehow give us a better option. And if we don't, if we end up in November with basically Trump or Clinton, well, my way of looking at this, and again, you may disagree, but my way of looking at this is this is the just judgment of God on a sinful, unrighteous, rebellious America. If the best we can get is Hillary and Donald as our choices to lead the nation, well, you know, I'm not a prophet, as I said, but I would look at it as God's judgment and his wake-up call for America. You've rejected me, you've denied me, you've spit in my face for all these years, and uh, as people have said, you tend to get the leaders that you deserve. So I think America is in a very precarious place right now, and probably the only option is repentance, it's revival, it's Christians getting on their faces before Almighty God and saying, we have sinned, we have brought this on ourselves, and we're still looking for some man to be our Messiah. We're still looking for a human being to solve the mess we're in instead of trusting you alone. So uh, that's kind of my spiritual spin on this. I could be wrong. I hope I am. But it's not looking good come November if current trends continue. Life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. It's Neil with you. We're talking about the U.S. presidential race. Time is running out. Uh, Bill Muhlenberg from Culture Watch, our guest. Let's take uh, perhaps one more call. Uh, We've got Gina from Queensland back on the line. Hi, Gina. Hello. How are you? Very well. Gina, you need to be fairly quick. What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, my thought, I believe this is the end of time. And we've got to have the really good wisdom to deal with everything. Like we pray for them and ask God for a good decision. We're not here to judge anybody, either, uh, you know, Donald Trump or, or, um, you know, Clinton. But we pray for them. We pray for a good leader to lead lead them, you know. We're not here to judge them. And I believe this is the end of time. We don't know why those two are on the line. But, you know, we believe that God's going to do something for that country. 
Gina, good thoughts, and Bill Muhlenberg, the idea that, uh, because we're removed from the U.S. context, uh, but prayer is a great and mighty force uh, that we can use uh, into the courts of the Lord to have his hand uh, move on behalf of the nation, and therefore as the leader of the free world, as we talk about the U.S. presidency. Uh, But your thoughts on what Gina is sharing? Well, she's absolutely right. We need some divine wisdom here, and we certainly need to pray. In fact, that may not be a bad way to conclude our session together, uh, having a word of prayer for America and its future. Yeah, well, uh, let's happy, do that. I think we uh, we yeah. ought to. But yeah. thank you so much to Gina for yeah. your call. Uh, we're going to conclude our, our conversation. And, uh, Bill, if you are happy to lead us yeah. uh, in prayer for the United States, uh, let's, if it's safe to do so, bow yeah. our heads in prayer and uh, we'll agree as you lead us. Yes. Uh, well, thank you again, Lord, for the freedoms we enjoy. We can have Christian radio. We can talk about important issues and what happens in America and its president uh, impacts all of us. So it's something every Christian in every country should be keenly concerned about. And we admit we don't know exactly what's going on or what your uh, complete purposes are, especially come November. We know that many Christians are kind of grieving over the choices we have and the non-choices. But uh, you are in control. You are working things toward your ultimate end and working things for good. So help us to trust you. Help us to keep our faith in you and not lose heart. When the waves are crashing around us, the mountains are crumbling and nations are falling, uh, you still are on the throne. So, But you also tell us to be responsible citizens. You want us to be salt and light. So you want us to intelligently and carefully and prayerfully elect our leaders. So we pray especially for every American uh, who might be listening, and even those in America, that they would seek you and call on your name and seek your face and really not assume who uh, you may want as a, a voting choice, but they would be sensitive to your voice and listen to your heartbeat on this, read your word, and pray carefully. So we do commit the American election to you, it's important in your eyes, it should be important in ours, and we confess that without you, God, we're all toast. Without you, uh, no mere man is going to save us, so we just ask for your mercy and your grace on the United States of America and pray that your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. And uh, Bill, good insights uh, through our conversation and no doubt we'll have some more at times when we'll bring some Christian commentary to what's happening with the U.S. presidential election in the lead up to uh, the end of the year when Americans will cast their vote. Uh, Bill, thank you so much for being with us today. I'll point people to the Culture Watch website. Simply Google Culture Watch or go to BillMuhlenberg.com. Bill, thanks for being with us. We'll catch up again. I guess we'll talk again on Friday. All right. Many thanks. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.